Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 40 of the Australian Hiker Podcast. Today's episode is titled, Eight Tips for Hiking with Kids. Now, hiking is one of those pastimes that's not just for adults, it's something you can involve all the families, whatever the ages and whatever the fitness levels. And there's a lot of you that no doubt want to get involved your younger children in the activities that you love so much. Now this week's episode is the first of a two-part series on hiking with children and today we're going to be talking about the theories and practices behind keeping kids active and engaged in hiking. Episode 41, which is our bonus episode for October, which will air next week, is actually a series of on-trail interviews where we take young family members for their first overnight hiking and camping trip. This podcast is pitched to hiking with children in the 5 to 12 age bracket and, and and really, you want to think about modifying this guidance for younger children um, as as we go through. Now, recently, we uh, asked our Facebook group uh, what they were their biggest successes and biggest failures as far as hiking with kids. And these responses, and there are a lot of great ones, have helped shape this uh, this podcast today. In addition to this podcast, we also have a written version that you can go through and read and have a look at some of the photos as well. Now, the first thing we're going to look at is getting them involved. So getting them involved is really important. Um, there's, there's nothing worse than uh, adults engaging in adult stuff and the kids sitting around wondering what's going on. Um, sometimes we think that kids aren't able to help, but if you give them small tasks, if you show them where you're going, if you get them to look out for things that will help you on your route and on your way, then you'll get them to be much more enthusiastic um, about the hiking that you're about to uh, undertake. There's this tension between helping them be involved and be engaged versus you wanting to make it safe and you wanting to make it um, go the way you're expecting it to go. Um, but if you get them involved, you can talk about the things that you're trying to do. You can talk about where you're trying to get to and, and why, and they'll be a great help and they'll be very engaged as they do it. Step two is share the load. So this is a pretty obvious one. Um, when, when you go hiking with a bunch of people, there's a whole lot of gear that you need to take with you. Um, even though uh, children are smaller, there's still extra stuff that you need to take along the way. You can't load them up to the point that they can't move. And uh, I'm sure we've all seen kids trudging to school with huge backpacks full of books. I'm not sure why they're using books today, but anyway, we won't go into that. Um, clearly with packs that are too big for them and much, much too heavy. So we're not talking about overloading them, 
But again, it's part of getting them engaged and getting them to take ownership of the activity that you're, you're undertaking. So get them to carry their things. So their personal items, their water, uh, their snacks, a bag of their snacks to last them for the, the trip. Uh, that definitely creates a sense of, um, responsibility. Um, as well as maybe a couple of items that are for others to share. So it might be a lunch or it might be the dinner um, that everybody's going to share in. So partly you're getting them to take responsibility for their own things and partly you're also getting them to contribute to um, what everybody needs. And I think one of the things to think about here is um, we, in the second part of this uh uh, series on hiking with children. We're going to do an on-trail uh, series of uh, of interviews, which uh, we uh, did just uh, just recently. And um, as part of that trail, or part of that walk, we we were carrying a lot more gear personally than we normally would do because we were carrying extra gear for the kids. So for the first time in probably about eighteen months, I was carrying a, a seventy-liter pack, uh, uh, simply because. The normal gear that I'd carry, um, which wouldn't, which would quite comfortably fit into a smaller pack, when you added all the extra bits and pieces for the kids, the extra tents and things like that, um, there's no way that we could actually add that gear into the kids' packs and expect them to be happy about it. Now, I know people have strong views on this, but I'm a strong believer on keeping the percentage of the weight that a hiker carries at around about the 20% level or lower. Particularly for kids, this is very important. So in the case of part two of this uh, series on hiking with kids, the nine-year-old that we were hiking with weighed 30 kilos, which meant that the maximum that he should really be carrying was around about the six-kilo mark. He may well have been capable of carrying more than this, but in trying to encourage him to be enjoy hiking and uh, to, to start to love it, we didn't want him going through and focusing on the pack's too heavy and I'm really uncomfortable. So it's better to err on the side of a lighter weight and seeing how much they can carry. And next time, maybe you might add add a bit more weight uh, if they are comfortable with what they're going through and carrying. Third one is pick your distance. Uh, Now, we all know how far we can hike and how fast we can hike. Um, But when you've got children with you, you need to modify that. Um, partly because they just can't physically uh, make the distance and partly because you're testing it out at this stage. You're not quite sure what they're capable of, so you don't want to overload them uh, to start with. So start small, and that was one of the the responses that we got uh, back when we asked uh, on Facebook uh, for successes and also failures. So start small and build up. And, uh, you know, if you find that they're able to do a little bit more, have that little side shoot or side trip in mind uh, just in case uh, the opportunity arises. But definitely don't count on it. Now, I think um, one of the things we often tend to think of here as well is when you're taking your kids for a hike, particularly their first hike, this is not about you as adults. It's a, it's about them. So 
this might be one of the most boring overnight trips you've done from the point of view of, uh, of, of where you're going and what you've seen personally. But again, it's about what the, it's about getting the kids motivated and active. So I think one of the, some of the, the failures that came up in the, uh, the questions where we asked on Facebook was, uh, you know, doing sort of, uh, 15 to 18 kilometer hikes with very young kids. Uh, some kids might cope with it really well. Others not so well. So you're better off keeping things really short, you know, maybe around the sort of one and a half to even three kilometers, but that's around about the, the length of walk that they want to go through and do. And watch the hills as well. Yeah, and just on that one, apparently they did make the distance, but there was a lot of complaining along the way, which can't have been fun for anybody. And that's that's probably a good indication. You're going to expect when you load your kids up with packs, even lightweight packs, there will be a degree of complaining and there will be a degree of are we there yet? Uh, and probably use that as a guide. If it becomes constant, you know you're probably pushing them a bit too hard. Number four is share the lead. Now, this is one of these things that kids kids like to be involved and like to be active. And we did actually talk about um, getting them involved. But this is giving them a specific task to do. If you've picked an easy enough trail uh, and you talk them through what you're going through and doing, get them to lead the hike. It makes them feel important. It makes them feel like they're not just tagging along and following along. Uh, and it gives them, a, gives them something to focus on and keep them active and involved in. Now, be conscious here that we live in a land of snakes. Uh, and I know on certainly a number of hikes that I've done that it's not unusual if I've been leading a hike to come across a snake on the trail. So certainly if you've got young kids leading the hike, and it's still a bit co- bit, bit cooler at the moment uh, in the southern parts of Australia, but as the weather starts warming up, uh, be conscious that snakes may be on the trail, uh, and without scaring the kids, you need to make them aware of what they should do if they see one, But certainly from my perspective, I'd be staying pretty close to the kids, keeping an eye in front of them to see if there's anything you need to keep an eye on. Let them know that they uh, need to keep the group together. Uh, So it's surprising how fast small kids can actually travel. Uh, They want to get somewhere first or they they race off ahead and leave the rest of the group behind, even when the, the adults are sort of almost twice their height. So... Get them to keep the group together, the, you know, not too fast, not too slow sort of pace, um, and get them to try and find things for other people to look at. So whether it's signs or whether it's uh, – uh, uh, I've got a particular interest in um, small uh, – um, flowers and uh, and mushrooms and things like that are like macro macro photography, and it's amazing how often kids like looking at that sort of stuff uh, and showing other people to say, look, look what we found. Number five is view the world through their eyes. Now, this is uh, one of those things that I think as adults we often um, forget to do, um, but it does require you to go down to their level, and I mean that in a physical sense. Um, you know, when, when you spend your time, if you're a small child, looking at everybody's knees, there's a certain perspective that you have um, on the world. So to understand that perspective and to uh, appreciate what it looks like from where they are, sometimes you have to physically get down to their level. And um, we did have this when uh, we were on the trail with uh, the children, and we'll talk about that in the next uh, podcast. 
uh, Tim was pointing at something off in the distance saying, you know, there it is, see it's there. And then he realised that he was way above everybody else and there was just no way anyone would have been able to see what he was seeing at that point in time. So he squatted down and he guided them to to look and to see. So make make sure you remember to do that. And again, it's about maximising their involvement and and, uh, their enjoyment to, you know, get them to appreciate the sorts of things that you think are important and are absolutely fantastic about hiking in the bush. Number six is be fun to have fun. So this again is a little bit of a perspective one. Um, Sometimes we expect fun to happen, but if we're not fun, then we're probably going to be killing off fun. And I know for adults, that's a pretty difficult one for us because we're wanting to make sure that everybody's safe. We're wanting to make sure that everything's planned and we're wanting to make sure that um, we've got everything that we need um, to have a good time, which is a bit ironic. Um, but sometimes that makes us really, really serious. Okay, so you can be fun and you can be safe at the same time. Um, there's this sort of bringing together of those two things so that you, your safety aspect and you're watching out for them and watching out for the snakes, thanks, Tim, um, doesn't become the, the, uh, a stressful situation for them. And, you know, you maintain that fun perspective and you, um, help them enjoy the time because you want them to enjoy that time too. Number seven is pack your sense of humour. And this is this is one of these sort of things that we've got to try and think about what our sense of humour is as opposed to what a child's sense of humour is. Now, I will talk about it more in the, the next episode, which is uh, the, our, uh, our hiking with kids from the trail episode. Uh, but it's amazing, particularly with young boys, how important toilet humour <laughs> is. Um, things that you don't think about as an adult uh, – uh, that keep kids amused and happy no end. Um, and it's a matter of trying to think of things that you might think is totally boring, but uh, things that want to have uh, things that to them are really fun. So it might be a matter of bringing a deck of cards or bringing a, a, a football or bringing something for them to do rather than just sitting around um, a light at the end of a, at the end of the day and having a chat, which adults are quite up and happy to do. And on this one, um, I think the important thing is expect the unexpected. Um, and when it happens, laugh it off. See, see the humor in it. See, see the joy in it. Um, because, you know, there's one thing about kids. They do bring humor and they do bring joy. So nothing's that important. Nothing's that, that serious that you can't have a bit of a laugh about it and just shrug. Things may not go to plan and, uh, just take that in your stride. It doesn't really matter. They probably won't notice and more than likely they won't mind either. All right. Number eight and the last one is feel the vibe. So this really is about watching what's happening around you. And, you know, if if kids are starting to whinge a little, if they're starting to complain, um, if they're starting to fight with each other, 
um, if they're a bit reluctant to go further. There are all sorts of different signs that say to you, hey, you know, I might need to rethink this. I might need to rethink my plan, whether you're on the trail or when you're trying to convince them to go again. Um, it's a really interesting one because, you know, again, we want people to enjoy what we enjoy. And if they don't, we can't understand. But, you know, spend time talking to them about what they've seen, about what they liked and what they didn't like, and really pick up on the things that they liked and try and steer away from the things that they didn't like, particularly if you're wanting them to go out with you again, uh, carrying a pack and you know, still wondering what it's all about. The adventure might adventure might be over at that stage. So, you know, work out what they like, uh, what worked for them, and do more of that. Now, just getting back to our uh, Facebook question we asked, as I said last week in preparation for this uh, this podcast, we asked people on Facebook about their successes and failures of uh, getting kids enjoying uh, hiking uh, and getting them out on the trail. And I'd just like to go through and read a few of these just to give you a, a bit of an overview about what people thought and what people suggested. Uh, so thanks very much to everyone. We won't mention all of these because we did have quite a large number of people that provided input into this. But, but thank you for those people that did actually provide some input. So just a, a few selected ones. Hiking with friends is a good motivator. Uh, and certainly um, it's if you've just got a child, while they might be like being with you, um, I must admit, you know, hiking with kids is often fairly demanding. So it's good having someone else they can play with uh, at their own age and have interests that they might, uh, that they, they find to be interesting rather than you might find to be interesting. And it gives you a bit of a break as well. Small children, so we're talking in this case here about children really between the 5 and 12 age bracket, but if you have younger children, um, you know, kids up to sort of newborns, up to sort of the, the one, sort of two, sort of, and maybe even three years of age, up to around about the 15 kilo weight mark, you can actually buy packs uh, from the stores, uh, the camping stores, that you can, uh, as far as putting your gear, you can also uh, carry the kids as well. Taking very small children on the trail is a difficult sort of thing to, to do sometimes. Uh, and really the option is you either do very short day walks and without the expectation of camping overnight, or you're going to carry them. The choice is yours. One thing I found was really interesting, uh, tell them you're going to the, this awesome place and then they cannot come. <laughs> and this normally gets them keen. And I think, yeah, that's certainly there's the sort of thing when you tell a child that they can't do something or they're not invited, that normally does tend to get them actively involved. Some of the others that we had come through, and this is some we've already mentioned, is get them to act as tour guide. And certainly that's something that really does keep the kids actively involved. Keep the hike short. And take lots of food. So never run out of snacks. Now, having said that, uh, one of my nephews, which we hiked with on the weekend, is probably the only nine-year-old in Australia that doesn't like chocolate. Um, so he's not, <laughs> not really motivated by, by sweet things as such. And we do like chocolate. Mm. So uh, unfortunately, a lot of the things that we took that we thought were great, um, great treats he wasn't interested at all and just kept looking at us a little bit strangely. His brother loved it, but he didn't. It, one thing that I did find interesting was um, um, is, is uh, to uh, make them carry their own 
snacks and then some of their own equipment. Now, we talked about sharing the load and making them feel like they're contributing and certainly uh, try and keep them uh, keep the gear down to a minimum, but if they're carrying their own food and they've got some sort of responsibility, it makes them feel more grown up. Um, you may find that you're going to have to stop and take more breaks, so the food and the snacks may have to be more of a concern than you'd think from an adult's perspective. At the older end of the scale, uh, once your kids start getting a bit older and get into teenage years, their interest in hiking may wane. So as much as your kids tend to love you when they're 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, um, most of you will be uh, who have got teenagers will discover that they, they, they tend to start having their own interests, want to have their own life, and may lose interest in hiking and not want to come with you as often as they, as they do normally. Um, and again, one, one suggestion we had uh, that was provided as part of this question was um, inviting their friends along, uh, which means they've, um, they're more likely to go for a walk, uh, and choosing walks that, are, uh, uh, that they find interesting as well. Um, so in this case here, the, uh, the, the person who provided this information said they love that their daughter loves being near water, um, uh, and rock hopping. Uh, so giving them something that really interests them, uh, to keep them going. One thing that we didn't have discussed about is, I suppose that the treasure hunting aspect, and we talk about trying to keep them, keep things motivated and keep them busy. And a good example of this is geocaching. Now, we're going to talk about geocaching in an episode later uh, over the next few months, but essentially, for those of you that aren't aware of geocaching, it's essentially treasure hunting using a GPS. Um, so this is a possibility in a lot of hikes, not in all areas, uh, and getting the kids to find things or find hidden treasures that are there. And I do know of families who, even as the kids have gotten older into teenage years, the geocaching has become the reason that keeps them active as a family. So again, something like that can be quite useful. Another suggestion we had was to keep the uh, uh, regularity in the process. So whether it be every weekend or every second weekend, or, or maybe you hike the first weekend of the month, make that as, as part of the family tradition, if you like. Um, now, it really is going to depend on the kids. Um, and again, one of the issues often tends to be kids' sports. Uh, you've got so much on with kids that uh, you, know, you may not be able to manage every weekend and it might only be once a month or once every two months you do get out. But if they know that, okay, look, this weekend uh, or every month uh, is when they go hiking, uh, they'll be ready and prepared for it. And this is one final thing. One, one last suggestion we had was singing on the trail. Now, I must admit, my singing is particularly bad. And I think, if anything, if I sang on the trail, I'd probably put kids off hiking. Uh, <laughs> but, but certainly, I know music and singing can be part of uh, some families' uh, um, of lifestyle. Uh, and that's something, that, again, that can keep them involved. So we've gone through our eight steps on uh, how to um, get your children on the trail and hopefully uh, help them love being on the trail as much as you do. And we've also um, shared with you some of the feedback that we had uh, from our Facebook uh, community. For me, this falls into the category of uh, keep them engaged, keep them interested and have fun with them. Now, there's no guarantee that they're 
ever going to want to go back a second time. Um, but if you keep those three things in mind, then hopefully you'll have at least one other go uh, and maybe one more go is the start of something really big. All right, that's all for today's episode. Next week, we've got our bonus episode for October, which is Hiking with Kids, uh, Interviews from the Trail. And we're going to be going through and recording uh, interviews with uh, family members uh, as we take them out on their first overnight hike uh, and see what they think of of hiking uh, from a kid's perspective. That's all from today's episode. As usual, you can find this episode on SoundCloud, through our website, through iTunes and Stitcher. If you have the opportunity, please go through and rate us on iTunes to help get the message out there. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. That's all from me. Bye for now. And bye from me.